Jeannie Anderson with Lucero Ranch in Rio Grande City, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We are once again locked, loaded, and ready to roll with another edition of Texas Ag Today. So jump on in with me. Buckle up. Let's take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, harvest progress is moving across Texas. And those weekly USDA crop progress reports are finally showing harvest progress. We'll take a look at some of those numbers coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. With the forage challenge our drought has caused, we've seen a lot of cattle sold off by Texas High Plains ranchers this year. But for those producers who can find a way to maintain their inventories, a big payday could be coming soon. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. The latest Texas Crop Progress and Livestock Condition Report on row crops, fruit, vegetable, and specialty crops and livestock range and pasture conditions. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have that report on Texas Ag Today. In East Texas, the past several weeks' worth of hot, dry weather has changed many a farmer's plan on what they were going to market, how they were going to do it. This is James Duncan in East Texas. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Harvest progress is finally showing up on the weekly crop progress and condition reports. USDA now reporting Texas corn harvest 8% done. Texas rice harvest now 12% complete with 36% of the Texas sorghum crop now harvested. The crop condition ratings continue to look very bad here in Texas. USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey says we have the worst rated corn crop in the nation. So for Texas, we actually saw a declining condition. That is the nation leading 50% of the corn crop rated very poor to poor in the Lone Star State. USDA's peanut crop ratings continue to be a head-scratcher. They're rating the Texas peanut crop as 31% good to excellent, 54% fair, and only 15% poor to very poor. But Shelley Nutt, executive director of the Texas Peanut Producers Board, says she sees a 25-30% to 30% reduction in peanut yields right now, and it may get worse. I wish that's all I thought it was going to be, but I think it's going to be more severe than that. I'm not seeing any relief in sight. And I think that we're going to continue to see people just say, you know, we, we can't afford to just keep pouring water on a crop. We're going to have to walk away from it. The people that do stick it out, um, they're going to see those yields impacted. And Carrie, I'm really concerned that we could see 45 to 50 percent yield loss across the board in Texas. Nutt says we grow about 185,000 acres of peanuts here in Texas with normal production of about 300,000 tons per year. 
She fears that production could be cut in half this year to 150,000 tons. The National Cattlemen's Beef Association says it is not ready to back an alternative cattle competition bill by House Agriculture Committee Chair David Scott, but adds it's a much better starting point than the Grassley alternative. The group opposes Senator Chuck Grassley's Cattle Price Discovery and Transparency Act, but the group's Tanner Beamer says NCBA is not ready to back House Ag Chairman David Scott's Small Family Farmer and Rancher Relief Act. There are a couple blind spots, but it is a far more preferable product and is a, a much better starting position uh, than is the Grassley Fisher bill. Scott's bill would boost funding for a popular livestock insurance program, but the cutoff for helping cattlemen is raising 100 or fewer head. It has certainly been a difficult couple years for cattle producers in that category, but it has also been a difficult year for cattle producers who, for example, may raise or market between 101 and 250 head of cattle per year, which most of us in the cattle business would consider to also be small family producers. In CBA's Tanner Beamer. With the forage challenge our drought has caused, we've seen a lot of cattle liquidated. But James Hunt tells us for those who can hang on to their herds, a big payday may be coming. One consequence of our prolonged drought has been the accelerated reduction of herds throughout our region and around the country. That's not a happy situation, but it appears to be setting the stage for a big rise in feeder cattle prices. Dee Dee Jones is a risk management specialist with Texas A&M AgriLife, and she says as cattle raisers strategize for the months and years ahead, it might be beneficial to look back to 2011 and 2012 when a previous drought also triggered a big herd reduction. In those years, guys were really struggling trying to figure out how they were going to feed their cattle, but the ones that were able to hold on to their herds, then come 2012 through 2014, we saw record high prices. And so that's something that they really need to be thinking about is the cost of keeping that cow, even though it's very expensive to feed them right now, worth the future value of that cow that you're going to see one to two years down the road. And Jones says the strong markets coming our way could last a while, with replacement heifers currently at their lowest levels since record keeping began in 1973. Even when we start to retain those again, maybe in a few years when the drought breaks, then you're looking at another three to four years before we're able to hit cattle inventories that we saw prior to this year. So this is going to be a long-term sustained period of high prices. And Jones says an upward price trend is already beginning, with packers buying live cattle faster than feed yards can stock them, which suggests much tighter supplies, almost a shortage perhaps by the fall, that should force prices even higher. If you'd like to hear more on the cattle market outlook, coming up on Tuesday, D.D. Jones will be among the presenters at an AgriLife Beef Cattle Conference in Pampa. For more details, contact the Gray County Extension Office. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Some areas of Texas received very good rain recently, but most crops and pastures are still struggling. Tom Nicoletti has more. According to the latest U.S. Department of Agriculture National Agricultural Statistics Service report for the state of Texas, well, to begin with, uh, recently much of the state did receive from trace amounts of upwards to three inches of precipitation, isolated areas in the northern high plains of the panhandle of Texas received up to six inches. Drought conditions, though, ranged from none to exceptionally dry, with the high and low plains, the Edwards Plateau, the Blacklands, and south-central Texas being the driest regions across the state. 
For row crops, cotton producers in the southern plains and the northern low plains have reported inadequate rain along with excessive heat as some cotton fields are starting to bloom while others are struggling to keep up with the moisture needs of the crop. Grain sorghum producers have noticed there was a struggle for the crop to mature in the Blacklands and the Upper Coast, and there are reports of some growers turning to cutting this for silage. Corn harvest continues across Texas, with farmers noticing short plants in areas of the Blacklands due to drought conditions. On fruit, vegetable, and specialty crops, pecan producers across the state have noted the pecans seem to be progressing well in the current weather conditions. Melons and cantaloupe are faring well in South Texas. Northeast Texas reports indicate that vegetable crops are struggling due to the lack of rain and hot temperatures. To livestock, range, and pasture conditions, supplemental feeding is ongoing across Texas, Ranchers continue liquidating their cattle due to the lack of pasture land and dry conditions. Range and pasture conditions are rated 91% very poor to poor. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Hot, dry weather has changed many farmers' plans in East Texas. James Duncan has an update from Marshall. In East Texas, the farmers and ranchers in the past put it down on a piece of paper figured it all out. Nowadays, in addition to that, they're looking at uh, printouts from a computer. They're Googling long-range weather forecasts, trying to paint a picture of what's going to take place and makes no difference which way they do it. It is not very pretty when they look at it. This hot, dry weather has put a stop to the watermelon harvest for all practical purposes, so the producers had to move on over to something else. In the vegetable patch, Well, same situation. We didn't get the production in many areas early because of wet weather. Now the hot weather has just burned the plants up completely. So we're just in that time of the year when farmers markets are at a low or a standstill, and many of your roadside markets have even closed down. In the hay field, well, there's not any hay, so we're not in the field. The equipment's going to get to go to bed early this year when it comes time. Winter pastures, well, we're making plans, but it's too early to know whether we can even get them planted in a, in a proper fashion. So we're at a standstill right there. What's up? Marketing, livestock. Runs at the barns have been tremendous, and we don't know what's going to happen. Are those that are getting out, selling out now, will they be back in the spring when some moisture finally gets here? It's going to take a, a real optimist to stay in this business. And farm pond management, that's another factor that's coming into play here in East Texas. Well, being the eternal optimist that farmers are, more are looking at wildlife and leasing for hunting rights on their property to bring in more income this year. Happy trails to you. This is James Duncan from East Texas for Texas Ag Today. A national wildlife refuge in Texas is growing. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today. And at least 75% of performance horses suffer from stomach ulcers. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. In Texas, there's pea-sized hail and baseball-sized hail. Guess which one hit our house? 
We didn't even know where to begin, but we called our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent and he was so reassuring. He knew exactly what to do to get our house back into shape and our lives back to normal. Now, we're even more thankful for the roof over our heads. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to insure your home for Texas-size weather. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. At least 75% of performance horses suffer from stomach ulcers. Dr. Bob Judd says preventing them through management is very important. Stomach ulcers can be prevented by medication, but this is an expensive method to use. Ideally, we could do something management-wise to aid in preventing these ulcers. Horses are unique in that they secrete stomach acid 24 hours a day, not just when eating. When they do eat, they secrete saliva, and saliva is a good stomach buffer because it contains sodium bicarbonate. So horses that are grazing 16 hours a day are constantly buffering the stomach, and this is one reason horses out in pasture have less stomach ulcers than horses kept in stalls. Horses kept in stalls fed only twice a day go long periods with nothing in their stomachs, to buffer the gastric acid. Also, food in the stomach creates a mat on top of the stomach, which decreases contact of acid to the stomach lining and decreases ulcers, and long stem forage makes a better mat. The stomach only secretes acid in the bottom portion of the stomach, and this portion of the stomach is protected by mucus and other protective substances. There is no protection for the upper portion of the stomach, but there's not supposed to be acid in that area of the stomach anyway. However, horses that are exercising can have acid in the lower portion of the stomach splash up on the upper portion, and this can lead to ulceration. So if you go out to ride and your horse has been in a stall and not eaten for several hours, feeding a small amount of hay will help to form this mat in the stomach. Even feeding a small amount of alfalfa or chopped hay before riding will aid in the prevention of gastric ulcers. There are some supplements containing marine-derived calcium from seaweed that may also buffer the stomach before riding. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. A national wildlife refuge in Texas is growing. Jessica Domel has the story in today's Wildlife Report. A national wildlife refuge in East Texas is expanding. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service has acquired 249.18 acres of bottomland hardwood and pine forest with four miles of Natchez River frontage at the Natchez River National Wildlife Refuge in Cherokee County. The nearly 250 acres that FWS acquired is made up of three separate tracts with mixed pine forest on the higher elevations and bottomland hardwood forest along the river. According to FWS, bottomland hardwood forests once covered nearly 30 million acres across the southeastern United States. Now, only a small percentage of the original bottomland hardwood forests remain. FWS says these ecologically important forests provide habitat for fish and wildlife and protect water quality. The forested wetlands also provide vital habitat for migratory birds and waterfowl in the central flyaway each year, including lesser scop, mallards, mottled ducks, and wood ducks. The funding used to acquire the property came from the Land and Water Conservation Fund, which invests earnings from offshore oil and gas leases to improve 
communities, and protect natural resources. The Natchez River National Wildlife Refuge, located between Palestine and Jacksonville, spans more than 7,400 acres. It was established in the 2000s to protect wintering, nesting, and migratory birds and their habitat. FWS says there you can enjoy nature and the outdoors through hiking, wildlife watching, photography, hunting, fishing, and environmental education programs. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dulmel. It's time for a look at the markets. Jessica will be back with a complete look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Take the path less traveled and learn about the diversity of agriculture in the Lone Star State. It's a little education and a whole lot of fun. Texas farmers and ranchers between the ages of 18 and 35 can join the Texas Farm Bureau Young Farmer and Rancher Fall Tour, September 9th through the 11th in Amarillo, Texas. Learn about the diversity of Texas agriculture in the Amarillo area. Develop a network with other young producers across the state. Fellowship with one another and make new friends. Registration is open now. Visit TexasFarmBureau.org to register. The Texas Farm Bureau Young Farmers and Ranchers Fall Tour. The registration deadline is August 4th. Reserve your spot today. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The U.S. Department of Agriculture released its weekly export sales reports on Thursday, and that did impact a few of our commodity markets. Both live and fed cattle closed lower Thursday. August live cattle down 20 cents to 137.70. October live cattle down 30 cents to 143.65. August feeder cattle were down 27 cents Thursday to 179.07. September feeder cattle were down 32 cents to 182.57. Analysts say that decline in fed cattle prices was largely due to an increase in corn trading on Thursday. Boxed beef was higher Thursday, choice up 27 cents to $268.21, select up 13 cents to $241.43. Now let's check our livestock auctions. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. It's time to talk to Doug Bass from Cattleman's Brenham. They sell them every Friday, and guess what neighbor day did last week? Doug, how'd that sale go? Oh, yes, sir. We had a good sale, Mr. Larry. We ended up with 1,120 head of cattle. And, uh, man, I tell you what, that market looked good. Cow market made a good rebound from the week before. Calf market just seems like it gets a little stronger every week. So, yeah, we had a heck of a good sale. Good. Walk the pins with us. Yes, sir. When you weigh in cows, your lower yielding thinner cows bring 30 to 65. Better cows bring 68 to 86. Lower yielding thinner bulls bring 70 to 85. Better bulls bring 90 to 108. Uh, your pair cows had a few pairs. Pairs bring anywhere from 850 to 1050. Red cows bring anywhere from 350 to 1,000. When your calf market, uh, like I said, I think during calf market just keeps inching up every week. Uh, two to three weight steers bring 145 to 215. Heifers bring 140 to 172. Three to four weight steers bring 140 to 217. Uh, heifers bring 135 to $2. Four to five weight steers bring 135 to 198. Heifers bring 130 to 182. Five to six weight steers bring 125 to 175. 
five. Heifers bring 120 to 195. 67 weight steers bring 115 to 172. Heifers bring 110 to 164. Seven eight weight steers bring 110 to 160. Heifers bring 108 to 180. And your 800 to 1,000 pound steers and bull yearners bring 90 to 110. And heiferettes bring 90 to 123. So it was a good sale. Now, how's it going to be this week? Looks like it's going to be pretty busy. Uh, we've got quite a few cattle lined up. We're picking a big load of cattle up this morning. Had several calls. Looks like we got some really good cattle coming this week. Uh, so we're excited and ready to have another good sale. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Doug Bass, for this Friday sale at Cattleman's Brenham. Yes, sir. You can call me on my cell, 979-877-4454. Our call us at the office, 979-836-3621. Neighbor, you've been listening to Walking the Pens on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm Larry Marble. We'll do it again tomorrow. Hope to see you here at the kitchen table. Good day. August lean hogs down 35 cents to 120.65. October lean hogs up $1.75 to 97.60. August class three milk was down 22 cents to 1993 a hundredweight. September class three milk down 40 cents to 1950 a hundredweight. October cotton down 24 points to 112. December cotton up 19 points to 94.62. Corn did trade higher for much of the day on Thursday. September corn up 10 and three quarters to 602 and a quarter. December corn up 10 to 606 and a quarter. USDA reports that export sales this week were soft. September hard red wheat was up 24 and three quarters Thursday to 860 and a quarter. December hard red wheat up 24 and a quarter to 868 even. August soybeans were up 57 Thursday to 1615 even. November soybeans up 48 to 1417 and three quarters. September natural gas fell at 9 cents Thursday to 817. October natural gas down 10 cents to 815. September crude oil was down $2.31 Thursday to 88.35 a barrel. October crude oil down $2.38 to 87.36 a barrel. According to Reuters, global crude oil prices dropped to the lowest levels that we've seen since before Russia's invasion of Ukraine in February. They say that's due to recession fears and the potential impact that a recession would have on energy demand. The Dow down 73 points Thursday to 32,739. The S&P 500 down a point to 4,153. The Nasdaq up 42 points to 12,707. Well, that wraps up this look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. Be sure to join us next time for the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Jessica Dolmel. I hope to see you then. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.